Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Little Steve Earl for you on the way back here. Welcome back. Hour number two coming at you hot. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Morneweg in studio with me, proudly presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank is Montana's brand of banking, and the Monday afternoon quarterback is Montana's version of the NFL. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can always find it. On the podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. What's up, Coach? How you doing? How's your weekend? It was awesome. I'll tell you what, that grizz game, what a bleak kicking that was after the first couple of series. You know, it could have been 10 nothing. Yeah. Sacramento State. Yeah. And then the momentum turned and Sacramento State never got it back. Usually there's three or four momentum turns. Yeah. And how do you get momentum? You execute and you do it with passion and, and you make some plays, all those things. But what a fantastic... You know, the one thing that bothered me, though, this was a good officiating crew. I believe the the, the man's name, Scott Root, is, is the... Uh, yeah. Referee, very good. They were on it now. But when they called unsportsmanlike conduct on everybody in the stadium, all players from both teams, I felt like I got an unsportsmanlike conduct up in the booth. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it just the perception, because I love the perception of the Big Sky Conference to be the very best. It yeah. looked like it was lazy. Lazy. For sure. I mean, I mean, make the calls on certain players. If you have to kick a player or two out in the little skirmish or somebody leaving the bench. But once you put it on every player on both teams, now you get guys getting kicked out. You know, the kid slammed his helmet down sure. with two seconds. The clock was running in the second half. And then, and then our left tackle... Chris Walker. Uh, number 55, Walker, gets thrown out there late. It had very little to no effect on the game, but let's not underestimate the value of one man on a team. I just thought that he put – and now look, you know why he did it. He was trying to gain control, but the For game sure. was not out of control. That's first. No, that's right, and that's the thing that the <clears throat> officials have to understand is – Teams coming into Washington Grizzly Stadium for a night game, it's going to be crazy intense. You got to show up. Yeah. So they got to expect that these guys are going to be chippy and talking some smack. Oh, that's right. Now, it did look to me like Sacramento State's team got a little flustered. I thought the crowd definitely had an awful lot to do with it. A little bit of the, I, I hate to call anybody undisciplined, but from afar, it looked like that just a little bit on their bench and a few things that happened on the field. Well, I thought it was a fascinating deal that Sac State came in looking for a fight against Montana, and they fought early, and then they got whipped and didn't want to fight anymore. And after they gave up the 97-yard touchdown, then it was kind of like, okay, we're good. Let's tap out. And uh, the Grizz just cruised from there. Uh, I don't know. I I thought it was an interesting tactic. You definitely want your guys to show up and and show out, but – Picking a fight with this group of Grizz seems like a bad idea. I will tell you, yes, I agree with you. Sacramento State did come out swinging. Like I said, the game could have been 10 to nothing there 
early after the first couple of drives. The Grizz were uh, fortunate to be down only seven to nothing. And Sacramento State, I was really surprised. Look, they rushed for about 150, somewhere around there. Yeah. And, and really going into this game against the top-ranked rush defense in the big sky, you say, okay, we're going to rush for 150. We're going to be just fine. That's right. But their passing game just disappeared on them. There was a point... Late in the game where they had 71 yards passing, that surprised me just a little bit. Marcus Fulcher, number nine, was electric early, and they, they were gashing the Grizz with their run game, and then they kind of went away with it. I think part of that's because they got down a couple scores, but also it was just it was just weird how much they were leaning on a lot of the pass game stuff, but then they started rotating the quarterbacks. Neither one really found rhythm. I thought it was sort of forced, and it didn't work that well. That's right. And then the Grizz were running all sorts of Combo coverage is to really cross up Sac State. Then you put two guys in there, and it makes it even worse. And then they had no efficiency in the pass game at all. I thought that what the staffs did, and really the head coaches, uh, Andy uh, Thompson over there at Sac State, he played his true freshman, right? Yes. In this type of game. Right, I was talking to him before, you know, and during the week leading up to it. And I'm, I'm going, uh, well, is Bennett hurt? Yeah, I read somewhere he's nursing a shoulder. Sure. You know, this and that. He goes, no, he's 100% healthy. I'm going, so you're telling me that you're going to play a true freshman, uh, you know, multiple series in this game here. This game means a lot. He goes, yeah, that's what we're going to do. Bobby did not. Play a lot. I mean, this game was a critical game for both of the teams, and I thought that decision uh, went uh, in Bobby Houck and the Montana Grizzlies' favor there. A great feather in the cap for Coach Houck as well. Now 12 seasons leading his alma mater and uh, 124 victories. Pretty darn good. Yeah, okay. Uh, Okay. But more importantly than that, his winning percentage for sure is sky high. 100, I mean, 124 could, and 35. That's right, a ridiculous winning percentage. Right, you could coach, coach somewhere for 30 years and right, be the, right. the all-time winning. But but his percentage is all-time sky high as well. So congratulations to Bobby Houck uh, and the whole family, really. To the whole it, family's part of that. To put it in perspective... He did this. He broke Jerome Sowers' record in 10 less seasons than Coach Sowers. Uh, pretty darn good if you're uh, the head coach of the Montana Grizzlies. Um, last couple of things on this. What do you think about this, the key factors of this team turning the corner? Because they uh, they really kind of struggled the first month of the season, and then it kind of hit a brick wall down in Flagstaff, and they yeah. haven't lost since. Yeah, okay, look. Early in the season, they won a, t- uh, a, a several Tough, hard-fought games, right? Yeah. Then then they lay a big egg right on the 50 in Flagstaff. Yep. All right. Teams typically go one of two ways. Exactly. They start whining and crying and they falter, right? Or they nut up and going through a little adversity in Flagstaff. If you can get through it and come out the other end, you're even stronger. So coaching staff, yes, but especially... The players on that football team, and especially the leaders, they basically said, okay, we laid a big egg in Flagstaff. That will not happen again. That's sort of the mentality that they've had, and they've motored through that. So that's the first thing. The second thing is the quarterback situation. Yep. They picked a dude and went with him, and he's not only productive, but he typically, 
takes care of the football, which correlates with how Bobby Houck loves to play the game. You know, their defense is, is highly ranked in many categories as well, so they're rarely going to give up many points at all. And then, and then uh, you, you know, going into this Portland State game, uh, I, I, I would think that the Grizz would dominate. Portland State has won, lost, won, yes. lost, won. So they can probably beat anybody on any given day. Portland State's really a talented team. I, I can't tell you. I mean, it's so interesting because I think that Clifton McDowell is not a prototype quarterback, so I think it's hard for the common fan to analyze him. He's he's a runner, but he's not really a runner. He's a, he's a good thrower, but he's not like a guy that's going to sit back there and dice you apart. But I think that the things that people are missing with this guy, if they are being critical of him, I think a lot of people are all in on him because he's you know now he's sitting here with, with what? A 7-0 record as the full-time starter for the Grizz? So, he's, I mean, the wins, the proof's in the pudding. But to me, it's all the intangible factors. This guy is really unflappable. He's steady. He's competitive. Even when he threw his first pick, which was a bad pick, he goes back and leaves two, leads two touchdown drives. He does, he bounces back. You can tell he's got a really strong mind. Yeah, that interception was uh, awful. I do, I still uh, would like to know what he was, what his thought process there is. There was no grizz within the, the, in yeah, the screen. It may have just come out kind of ugly. I sort of took a look at that on replays. You know, so the quarterback, he's an A plus. He's undefeated. You're, you're, right. you're evaluated on <laughs> how many championships you win, how many games yeah. you win, rather than how pretty it looks. He's sort of an upright runner. I think he's got some deceptive speed. He doesn't break all that many tackles unless he's just pulling through, pulling his back leg through it. I think he's pretty good at that. I think he's passed the ball better and better every week. That's right. Uh, he's, he's come up with some bigger type of plays. He still misses too many easy ones. Yes. But 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 he makes up for it. He hit a couple hard ones on Saturday though. That's a huge step, right? What the 97 I mean, yard he, he, touch. You know what? He knew what was happening. He did. Uh, I will tell you they got a little they got a little trap going on right there. A possible yeah. trap. So if number 2 the slot if he goes, if he breaks out that corner, it looks like he's playing quarter. That corner will trap him. That's what that. And then, and then the outside release uh, go from the outside receivers turn over to the safety. I used to love those, you know. And because if the safety takes any poor angle, you got your best dude. You got a fast dude on a safety. Yes. And if he takes a poor angle, it could be a touchdown. And at worst, you're one on one down the field with a safety, right? And and but my point is, he pumped the corner just a little bit yep. to nail him on that trap coverage and then sailed it down the field a beautiful throw so yeah I was excited about that and I was also excited that the Grizz stayed aggressive backed up like that uh, and and you really want to three things I mean you want to do three things when you're backed up you want to get the punter room to punt if yeah. you have to punt you want to get that first first down of a 99 yard touchdown drive certainly and then you always want to have uh, a game plan to play or plays where you've got an ability to take a shot because that's the last thing that's expected when you're backed up. Also, hard count is very valuable back there. Clifton also had a sweet throw where the girls were on the right hash and he threw uh, like sort of a deep uh, comeback route and he threw it on a rope. And, and I mean, that takes a lot of confidence to throw from the the all the way to the field side. So uh, he's making progress. He's gotten a lot better and. Uh, like you said, he's A-plus because he's undefeated. He's right? undefeated. Are you kidding me? Now he's got a pretty good defense uh, to play offense with. 
right? So I, I think the Grizzlies uh, may go deep, deep, deep into the playoffs, especially if they earn the bye, right? Then they get the home game in the second round. They may they may go really deep. Hey, that that Grizz Cat game, they call it the Brawl of the Wild nowadays, right? That is going to be a humdinger. I mean, it's going to be awesome. It could be for the outright Big Sky Championship. It could be the first time both teams are ranked in the top five coming into it. So uh, certainly going to be uh, a ton of line. I know the Grizz were a late kickoff. So did you watch any other Big Sky games? Did you get a chance to watch the Cats at all? I watched a little bit of that game. I was watching the Colorado game mm-hmm. uh, late t- late night. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, first of all, uh, a shout from our, our guy, Ty Gregorak, who's doing the color commentary Ty. over there. Ty uh, comes on our Big Sky Breakdown podcast each week with me at Skyline Sports. Uh, but he also, he mentioned that he'd been listening to us on the show and that uh, we were, we'd talked about Tommy Malott and his progress as a passer. I thought Malott the last couple weeks has looked, obviously the Idaho game was a little bit flawed, especially in the first half because they had low possession count and all that. But Malott's looked sharp, man. And he's, it, it's so hard for people to absorb when guys are electric runners that they also can throw. You have coached some of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of football that get pigeonholed. You know, yeah. Michael Vick can only run. No, no, he can't. He has one of the greatest arms that you ever could see. But Malad, he can throw the ball, man. His back shoulder fade to the tight end right before halftime. I thought that was, I mean, that's as good as it gets. That's as good as a college throw you're going to see. Yeah, I, I tell you, I, I'll tell you, I was over at the stadium preparing for the Grizz game. And, of course, you know, my two sons are coaches, so I've got I've got their games on. I'm flipping back between their games on my phone and then caught a little bit of the Montana State game. But but what Ty Gregorat says about Tommy Malott is right on. I had him in my quarterback school for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and I thought even back then. He was sure. a pure passer of the football, and then, but but here's the problem: he goes to Montana State, and they play him very very young. You know, down the stretch, or really playoff time is when they started him. That's right. As a as a rookie, as a freshman, right? So, kudos to Montana State because they went directly to his great strength, yeah. which he he is a fantastic runner with the football. I mean, he's so athletic. But I knew that he could throw the football, make good, quick decisions, throw the ball with accuracy and strength. He understands timing. He's got great instincts. He sees and feels what most people don't, you know, regular people. He can do that on the football field. So I'm I'm not surprised that they're throwing the ball just a little bit more with him because I do believe that you need to throw the ball effectively and and proficiently to win a national championship. I think that's the deciding factor on occasion in the national championship game. Marty Warnaway in studio with me, Colter Nuanas is the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Barty. Presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank is your Montana brand of banking. Monday afternoon quarterback is your Montana brand of NFL. Take an early break here. Come back. Talk about some of the... uh, I wanted to do this last week, but I want to talk about some of the teams that have proved it and not proved it to me. A couple teams moved from last week to this week. We'll talk about contenders and pretenders next. Keep it right here. No one is now. ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? 
Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a, a, a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Little Willie Nelson for you here on the way back. Welcome back to Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Rolling through the Monday afternoon quarterback, Coach Marty Mornowick in studio with us more than a quarter century in the NFL, breaking down all things National Football League, which is what we're about to dive into right now. It's presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. Stockman Bank blends traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technologies. They provide time-tested products and services from people who truly care about you and your financial success. Happy 70th anniversary to Stockman Bank. Montana's brand of banking. How was the call on Saturday night? Man, you know I have a blast. I know doing you it. I know you do. And, and well, you know, one of the reasons you, you is, called the ninety seven yard touchdown. I watched the no, replay. You said, Hey, no. this might be a place we take a shot here. And then when Clifford McDowell got the ball in his hands, you go, Here's the shot, and then yeah. boom, he hit the shot. Uh I, I just can't you kind of uh feel something coming every now and then. But listen, Jay Cohen, I mean he is like the professional. I mean, what a sweet voice he has, too. Great voice. Uh, great preparation. Uh, I sort of play off him. And then John Stepanek, he's a pro. He's kind of the, the glue right there. He gets everything started on time, in and out, feeding mostly Jay uh, a bunch of information. Our producers have been great. It's normally Doug. Guy named Doug Marino, and uh, but he got to do. He won with us the last couple of weeks. Why? Because he got to do the World Series. How cool is that? I call it the World Series because it's serious stuff. <laughs> huh? And so he he got to do the World Series. So we've had a couple other producers. They've all been great. A gal was awesome. A guy Tim. They flew Tim in from the Bay Area. Well, really up north of San Fran. So he knew all about. Sacramento State. Why? Because why? he did the Sacramento State-Stanford game sure. when Sacramento State beat Stanford. So, But they're all different. Had a, I've had a blast doing it and because I'm working with some real pros. Yeah, well, very good. And uh, you guys are doing a great job. It's, uh, it's been a great thing for the league. Let's talk about the NFL. We're into the second half of the season now. So, first of all, what do you think of the 17-game season? Because yeah. you can't go just 500 anymore. There used to be like right. this very definitive thing between nine and seven, eight and eight, seven and nine. Now it's like you're going to be nine and eight or eight and nine, and there's a big difference there. Yeah, it's it is. It's still hard uh, to wrap my mind around sure. it because you know an eight and eight team, you 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 sort of are what your record is, right. right? You earn everything you get in the National Football League, and now now nine and eight or eight and nine. 
Well, is that equal eight and eight? See, back in the day, so right. uh, it's it's sort of like that, um, and all the analytics come into play with making the playoffs and all those things. But uh, I don't still uh, understand. It's all about money, but that four preseasons game, four preseason games. Yeah, every team had uh, a sort of a philosophy working yes, through right. those, and it would allow. Young player, rookie player, rookie free agents, a real opportunity right. to make the team. So that's sort of disappeared just a little bit. That's the thing that bothers me just a little bit. But the 17-game season, it used to be a marathon. It's a marathon plus season now. Well, now that we're turning into the second half of the season, we can sort of start to see some movement, right? This is when... Uh, you can always put string three, four, five wins together and, and get going a little bit, but you start to see teams that have done well and they keep on building, getting better. You start to see teams that maybe have struggled and they, they start to fade from the pack. That's right. You want to be one of those teams that get better every week, especially down the stretch and into the playoffs, much like the Grizz. The Grizz are getting better every week. They are. Uh, Significantly better the last couple weeks, too. Oh, man. And so there's only a select few teams in the NFL that can do that. I remember being, oh, somewhere around 500 right about this time, uh, maybe a week or two later. And, well, you know, we had to go on a run to, to win the division and or make the playoffs. And, man alive, you go win six out of seven. Just start stacking the wins right about now, and you'll solidify yourself a spot. In the playoffs. Well, one of the, the primetime, well, it wasn't in primetime. That that was what I was frustrated by. One of the premier matchups of this last week was a couple of the top teams in the AFC, Miami versus Kansas City, and they made them play in Frankfurt, Germany. Yeah. I just thought, I get what they're doing. They're trying to expand the brand internationally and stuff like that. With a game like that, you got to just flex it. Just flex yeah. it into one of the primetime slots. I don't... I don't know. I know a lot of people on the East Coast are up early. That's the other part that the NFL just, they want you to watch television from the day, moment you wake up until the moment you go to bed. And it, if you're in the Western time zone like we are, you are. You're, you're, you're starting watching it at 7 o'clock in the morning and you get done watching it at 9 p.m. at night. I get what they're doing. I just thought that, I don't know. I just thought that that was that, the, how far away that game was. I think it, it impacted both those teams yesterday. Well, there's no question about it. You've got the two highest powered. Offensive football teams, right. and what do they score? 34? 35 total points. It was 21-14. I mean, the under missed by 20 points. <laughs> yeah. So it, 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 there's no question that that, what was that, like three time zones? Right. I mean, that's crazy. So, I mean, so yeah, Frankfurt, Germany is probably two or three time zones away from London, and London is what? Four time, four or five time zones yeah. away from New York City. I mean, this is like a whole different day. You're living in a different world at this yeah. point. Yeah, and it, it obviously has an effect, especially with all of the travel. And um, I will tell you, I Andy knows how to do those things. Why? Because he really is in tune to the players' bodies yeah. and how they feel. And I think that's one big mistake that some teams make. I remember with the Baltimore Ravens, I think you and I have discussed this before. We got off the bus, got to the hotel, uh, you know, off the plane to the bus to the hotel. And bam, 30 minutes later, we're out on the field practicing. And that was it was a philosophy. They had studied it, you know, and then this way we're going to do it. 
I mean, right. we just laid the biggest dud you've ever seen. Talk about the Grizz laying one right. in Flagstaff. Well, it was way, it was even worse than that. So uh, there's no question if a team does it right, uh, they have a little advantage with all that travel and time zone changes. Well, let's talk about the teams I think that have established themselves as true contenders. This is not necessarily full Super Bowl yet. We're not we're not there yet in terms of. I mean, I know who my conference and. Super Bowl favorites are, they're unchanged since the beginning of the year because I just think there's a couple teams in the league that are better than everybody else. But as far as teams that I think are truly in the mix to be division champs and and have inside tracks at the playoffs, here's my list. The Ravens, they looked great again yesterday. They just beat the tar out of the Seattle Seahawks. The Eagles, they come up with a huge win over the Dallas Cowboys, and they found a variety of ways to win so far this year. The Detroit Lions, I think that they got a great combination of an outstanding offense and a better-than-you-think defense. The Jags, the Jacksonville Jaguars, because I do think that Trevor Lawrence is knocking on the door of entering that that upper top echelon of quarterbacks in the NFL. They're pretty good on defense as well. And they also have a, a coach who's got a ton of experience and has won a Super Bowl with Doug Peterson. And then my last one is the Chiefs, and I'm, I'm still... Sort of on the fence, but I'm still a little shaky on the Chiefs just because I just don't think they have the offensive skill players right now. But then it doesn't matter because they got they got Weapon X. They got the guy who's the best. I mean, they got the best player in the league, and Patrick Mahomes, and he's always going to give them a chance. Well, that's right. That quarterback. I I I agree with all of that. Uh, I sometimes, not always, but sometimes, one of those type of teams will falter down the stretch. Right. Right. Kansas City, unlike Kansas City, last. What, six games, I believe, they're averaging only 21 points. So their defense is really uh, leading that, that football sure. team. So if they can, and you, we've seen it before now, if they can generate just a little bit more offense, and with that defense playing the same way, they're, they're way up there as well. Well, and if they keep stacking wins, then they're going to get home field advantage. If you get home field advantage, they're just one of the toughest teams in football at yeah. home. I mean, that's, that's just yeah. as, it's as simple as that. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs' home field advantage is much like the Montana Grizzlies' no, it's home right. field advantage. Well, anybody uh, in there that you disagree with? Or, do you, is that, is, or is there anybody else we should put in there? I'm, like, re- pretty ready to put Cincinnati in that category as well after last night. Cincinnati has come back. From being buried. Yes. Why? They had, they have a franchise-type quarterback, and he's playing out of his mind. He's healthy as well. Yes. And he's playing out of his mind now. So so they're back in it. I would probably put them in it right about now. The couple throws that Joe Burrow made last night, I mean, there's just not a lot of guys that, first of all, would even think to throw that and then can make that throw. I mean, he, he's spectacular when he's rolling. Yeah, and he's very deceptive in his movement ability. Yes, you know, yes, he kind of didn't have that early this season, and then now he's got it back because the calf is doing much better. I, I'm not sure it's 100 probably, but it's probably about 90 or 95%. And, he, and those Bengals are getting hot yes. right at the right time. Cincinnati's going to be there at the end. The Ravens, I think, are, are going to be there at the end. The Eagles are going to be there at the end. The Chiefs are going to be there at the end. If the Lions somehow falter a little bit, it wouldn't surprise me, only just because they haven't been in this sort of driver's seat position before. But I do think they have a great coaching staff. You know those guys really well, Coach. And uh, 
So, so I, I w- it wouldn't surprise me, but I, I do think they're pretty solidified there. And then the Jags, they just got to they got to keep Trevor Lawrence healthy, and they got to just prove it because they're also sort of one of the new guys to the party when it comes to this top group. But that's right because they've got a franchise type quarterback. The Jaguars are are in that upper echelon. The Ravens and all of these teams, I, I like. The Ravens, I go, yeah, they'll be there as long as they keep Lamar healthy. Right. And you just said, yeah, the Jaguars will be there as long as they keep <laughs> their right. quarterback healthy. That's you know, right. all these right. guys are sort of like that. Now, I think the Lions are built a little bit differently, but their quarterback is still very, very valuable to each win that they accumulate. Well, here's my teams that I think are good, but I can't get out of my mind when they've been bad. I can't get the ugly out of my mind. The Buffalo Bills the Dallas Cowboys, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. All three of them have looked downright terrible at times this year, but I do think they have uh, potential, at least, to get back up there, especially the Bills and the Cowboys. If they can just keep it steady and keep building, they'll they'll be in the mix in the playoffs as well. The, I agree with you 100%. The Bills and Cowboys are really well built. I'm talking personnel. Yeah, they are good talent. talent. Yeah. They both have very good quarterbacks. They just, both teams... Just lack consistency. Yes. Uh, now, look at the Cowboys at Eagles. Okay, e- either team really could have won that if For the sure. ball bounced a certain way. Around. But it seemed to me that the Eagles just much more consistent yes. than the Dallas Cowboys. Well, and the Cowboys, the Cowboys are the Cowboys. And, and that comes with so many different things. It comes with this owner who's always in the media. It comes with... All this pressure, it comes with being America's team. So, you know, radio shows from coast to coast are leading with you every single time that you're winning, every single time that you're losing. But they also seem to have this thing now where, like, that they're this self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, they don't take the field goal yesterday. Now Mike McCarthy's going to get killed in the media. They they are one inch from getting the touchdown. They're one inch away from getting the two-point conversion. That is just compounded when you're the Cowboys, though, because now everybody's talking about, well, you should have done this, you should have done this. Dak Prescott stinks. Mike McCarthy can't call plays. It it, it is more pressure for the Cowboys. Well, even after all of that, they still had an opportunity (laughs) to win it and completely blew up. They totally did. That's that consistency part, and uh, I know the Cowboys, but look, look, it's been that way ever since they won their last Super Bowl. I I, I will tell you, when I was in Philly for a decade, we used to, uh, they might have been more talented than we were, and we beat them up almost every time. I mean, it's just crazy uh, how that organization operates, and I love Jerry Jones. He wants to win, but... I guarantee you, I can sort of, I don't know how it operates there, but I guarantee you the owner, because he's a GM, has a lot of conversations with the players, uh, you know, and, and that and that can kind of cut the knees out of a coach. Well, here's my group that I, I'm calling, I'm, I think they're promising, but I still need to see more. It's three teams. It's Miami Dolphins, and, and I've talked extensively on this show. No one is now ESPN Radio, Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Barty, presented by Stockman Bank. I've talked a lot about the Dolphins, and, and why I think that they are good, but also they, they're not quite where I think that the, the layman fan thinks they're at. You know, scored 70 points, they got a lot of headlines, but I still think that they have some room to grow. I'm also so impressed with the Cleveland Browns. They've had multiple quarterbacks, but they're getting it done defensively. I mean, a shutout this day and age, any level of football is impressive, and they were lights out defensively again yesterday. They've done that multiple times uh, so far this season. And then, surprisingly, the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings have somehow stemmed the tide. They lost their franchise receiver about three weeks ago when Justin Jefferson went out. Then they lost Kirk Cousins. 
uh, who's their franchise quarterback, to a popped Achilles. And they roll with the kid who they traded for three weeks ago and Josh Dobbs and bring him right off the streets and he leads the game-winning drive. I mean, what a what a crazy moment for him. But also, I mean, don't look now. The Vikings are 5-4 and four and they're surging. They've won a couple in a row. Yeah, I like the Vikings and how their team is built. Uh, I do like the Steelers, especially at home. Yes. Uh, but I'm just not sold on Pickett yet. All right, me neither. I just, uh, there's been some things that have happened uh, in the uh, you know early this year and throughout the the season up up to date that I'm just going ah ah I think the Steelers will always want a little bit more there at their quarterback spot. Where are we at with Cleveland? I mean, have you been impressed by the way that they've been able to stem the tide even with Sean Watson kind of in and out? Hey, now Stefanski and I go way back. You know, his dad was a GM and uh-huh. and and pro basketball for. Many years was there uh, with uh, Sixers uh, for several years, and uh, so I'm always rooting for them. And I think he's gonna, done a reasonably good job of sort of steadying the ship. And now they've got their quarterback back and healthy and playing pretty well. And if he can just get better every week uh, with that system there, with the code, with his players, all that, they may uh, have some damage to do in the playoffs. My category that's called the teams that need to plug the leaks before the ship sinks, it's got one team in it. It's the San Francisco 49ers. They are one of the five most talented teams in the league. They are the team that I said in the preseason was my favorite to win the NFC and play in the Super Bowl. And they have had it unravel on them the last couple weeks. And it's because of two things. One, injuries. And two, Brock Purdy finally hit his first wall. How they break through it? Well, uh, climb out of the wall, you know, <laughs> that you just hit. Climb over it. And, uh, you know, those injuries have, for some reason, it's damaged the Niners. Oh, what, three out of the last four years yeah. or something like well, that. It's like the old Bill Polian model in Indianapolis, too, right, where you're paying these pillars of your team, right? Like, Poling used to pay Peyton Manning, Edron James, Marvin Harrison, Dallas Clark, and one or two defensive guys, and then everybody else is just making... Minimum. You know, minimum. Minimum plus a little bit That's like the Niners, man. They got Trent Williams on a max contract. They got Debo Samuel and and George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. They have these premier guys, Nick Bosa, everybody else, though. When you lose one or two of those guys, though, then the guy who's back... I mean, the guy who's backing up Trent Williams... Trent Williams is the first battle Hall of Famer. Guys, backing up Trent Williams probably making league minimum at the most, you know? Yeah, I I will tell you, five to eight players on every NFL team right. make the, make That's the right. big portion That's of right. the money. That's However, right. it's it's spread out on some of the deeper teams. And, yes. and if you have a quarterback that is willing to sign a cap-friendly deal uh, because he understands how important it is for him to have a for defense, sure. for him to have some offensive weapons. A la Tom Brady, a la Mahomes. This is like the Seattle Seahawks when they were at their peak too, right? They had Russell Wilson still making uh, less than max money, and then they had all these defensive guys that were so sweet. But even Bobby Wagner is the best middle linebacker in the league. He's still only making five million bucks. You know what I mean? That's a lot different than Nick Bosa making thirty million as your uh, top edge guy. So and the San Fran uh, team. Are at the Jaguars, I believe. That's right. That's going to be an important game, especially for coming both off teams, a bye for the San Francisco 49ers, too. Especially the Niners. I, I'm with you on that, Coulter. Well, here's a here's my group that I'm calling the teams that aren't quite here that there yet, and I don't think they're necessarily playoff teams, but they're good enough to have an influence on the playoff race. These are the teams in that category: the Colts, the Jets. 
the Chargers, the Texans, the Washington Commanders, the Falcons, and this is the spot that the Niners do not want to fall into. That's right. <laughs> they don't want to be just the spoiler. They want to be one of these playoff teams. But, I mean, all those teams in that group, they're not, you know, playing for a top 10 pick, and they're also probably not playing to win in their division. But all those teams could step up and really influence the playoff race. I totally agree with you. However, I like... Only because I'm biased just a little bit with the commanders, yeah. both their head coach and their offensive coordinator. Yep. Yep. Uh, we go uh, back quite a little ways, and I think they're a little bit better than people. They they could make a run. Were you surprised and, at the trades they made? Uh, yeah, I, I was. I was sort of the identity of their team. The one thing you could say was not a flaw of the team was their defensive line, and then they traded two of their best defensive linemen. And 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 so. Even with that, I think they can make a run. They're loading up for the, you know, new ownership. Is yeah. Ron going to be, Ron yeah. Rivera, is he going to be there? You know, all of that. Uh, I still think that they have a chance. And then I would put the Jets up a little higher now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They're going for their four straight. No, that's right. You know, without Aaron Rodgers tonight. And be only because, like you and I have talked about, their defense, at worst, is really good. That's right. And at best, a dominating type defense. So we'll see what happens tonight if they win this one. That's four straight now. They're they're smoking. They're going. They're 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 climbing the hill pretty good. I I agree. I actually think that the the winner of tonight's game is going to move themselves up one tier. It's Chargers versus Jets tonight on Monday yeah. Night Football, and I think that that's it's going to be a pivotal game. One one thing for you before uh, we take a break. I wanted to ask you. The trade deadline was last week. Yeah. It, the one thing I've never, I, I understand there's a whole salary cap thing to it, yeah. but it does just always blows my mind. Like, I'll never forget when Randy Moss got traded for a fourth round pick. And I'm just sitting there in my head thinking, there's never been a fourth round pick that's as good as Randy Moss. Like, yeah. So the salary cap comes into play. Right, so, right. so, like, Chase Young, say, Chase Young has been a little bit of an underachiever in Washington. There's not a guy, they traded yes. him for a third round pick. You're not yes. getting Chase Young in the third round. Yes. Yes. No. So, so that part understood. Yeah. If a team is at the point where they say, we are not going to sign Randy Moss to this multi-million dollar right, contract right, right, next year. Right. And we're not in the thick of this thing. Yes. Right? So then, who's going to pay a first-round pick for what they're worth? That's what they're worth. Or maybe even more. Right? right. What team is going to do that not knowing if they can re-sign this guy and they only get him for half of the year? Right. That's the problem, and that's why guys go for much less as far as draft picks than they're worth. And that's, I mean, I think that you know sometimes the the you've reached the end of the road. Like Chase Young is a, a prodigious prospect. I mean, he is he tested as well as anybody in the history of the NFL Combine. I mean, the guy looks like a superhero. I mean, he's a freak athlete, but he hadn't he hadn't really done much uh, with the Commanders, and right. you know somebody is going to give him twenty five million dollars a year, and I think Washington just said, hey. It's not going to be us. It's going to be and, somebody else. We're going to get something for them. And then behind the scenes, typically, yeah, the team that may be trading for him is talking to his agent. They're getting a really good feel yes. on if they can re-sign this man before he becomes a free agent. And then the third-round pick is like it becomes a first-round pick. Now, yeah. it puts a knife into your salary cap just a little bit. That's, that's why the other—there are so many— uh, sort of elements involved in a trade. Uh, does the team have enough salary cap uh, to be able to sign this man that they want and they're trading for next year? 
And then my finally my last category, I, the teams that I don't think have much hope to make much noise at all. That's the Giants. Daniel Jones was announced out for the season uh, today. I mean, he goes from neck injury to blown out knee. What a bad situation there in New York. The Packers, the Bears, the Bucks, the Panthers, the Rams if Matt Stafford can't get back healthy, and the Arizona Cardinals. I think those are the teams that are going to struggle the most down the stretch. Yes, I agree with those. I do think that the Packers, yeah, the Packers, the Bears, the Bucks might be able to knock a team out sure. uh, late yes. in the season, knock yep. them out of yep. the playoffs, or something like this. The, the Packers, the Packers are going to win some games because they play in Lambeau, and it's November. By the time yeah. it gets to be December and January, they'll yeah. win a couple there. It's the same thing with the Bears. Playing at Soldier Field, they'll get a primetime game on Soldier Field, and they'll they'll step up and, and beat somebody. And the Bucks, I mean. The Bucs are actually the, the ones that are maybe the biggest disappointment of this whole group because the Bucs are pretty good, and they started out pretty good. They've just really struggled the last handful of weeks. Yeah, and, and they have a really good defense. Yes. They just Except they gave up 39 yesterday. Yeah, but, they, but now, now they're faltering. They just haven't yeah, put it yeah. together. And then, and then a lot of times, I always, I, always uh, I know this, that defenses sort of – sort of thrive on a little bit of offensive production. It gives them a little juice, and, and the opposite has happened there in Tampa. Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mornoweg joining me, Coulter Nuanas, here in studio. It's presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and your neighbors. We'll give you a breakdown of what's coming up on Monday Night Football right after this. Don't change that channel. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. It was now ESPN Radio. It's the Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Mortaway in studio with me like we do the second hour of each Monday show. If you missed anything in the show, whether it's the Montana football hour or the Monday afternoon quarterback, you can always find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. Uh, let's see. I got my quick hitters here. I think we got there pretty much all of it while we were doing all of our uh, contenders and pretenders. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Monday Night Football tonight. I actually think this is a prove-it game for both teams. Los Angeles Chargers, of course, a team that gets a lot of headlines because they're in the, one of the biggest markets in the league, and they got a, a golden boy quarterback who everybody wants to be yep. one of the best guys in the league. He, It's obvious when you watch him. Justin Herbert has great talent, yep. but how does he get it over the top? And the Chargers themselves, you always talk about consistency, Coach. you got to find more consistency. They're playing a team in the New York Jets that are – Piecing it together without their guy that I thought were going to be their quarterback. But, man, they're nasty on defense. they got some of the best players in the league defensively. So uh, this could be a fascinating game tonight. And Zach Wilson, I don't know the young man. I think he kind of came into the NFL the wrong way. That's right. You know, too much of the, you know, it's difficult to yep. play quarterback in the National Football League if you're trying to be a celebrity, uh, especially <laughs> in your first few years. Yeah, right. I mean, especially that's when you're very, 20. Yeah. That's very Because those first three, four years uh, of a quarterback's life in the National Football League, it is a grind if you're trying to be a celebrity. So I, so, but he's been to hell. And he's trying to come back out of it, right? And so I'm rooting for him now. Yeah. You know, I'm, I think I'm, a lot of people are rooting for this kid now. And he's got such a good defense that it's possible. It's possible for him to climb back out 
and be even better. Uh, talk about consistency problems. That young man had he's a talented guy, he's but talented. he's he's gotta he's gotta come up with some consistency. The Chargers are a better football team. They're better built. They've got a better quarterback. However, the J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets defense could be the deciding factor here tonight at home in the new Meadowlands. I mean, that's that's a cool place. I used to tell the fellas, you know, if we were going to go play a New York team on a Sunday or Monday night, you want to do something great, might as well do it in the epicenter of the world, that's exactly New York. Right. So, well, really it's in North Jersey, by right, the way. Right, but, right, right. But uh, all the media, and they call it both teams New York, so... Uh, but it, it'll be a it'll be a heck of a game. I wonder how many points are going to be scored. That's what I'm wondering too. So the, the line on this thing is Sportsbet Montana kiosk all across the state of Montana. Go to Sportsbet Montana's website. Click on locations. You can find one near you. The Chargers are three and a half point favorites. This actually moved a point uh, since yesterday. So the public is on the Chargers big time in this game. It moved towards the Chargers. It moved up. Yeah, it moved up uh, a point. Uh, yeah. Okay. It was two and a half to open. Yeah. Uh, the total is thirty nine and a half. Man. Oh, jeez, man, that's a that's yeah. a tough total because the Jets yeah. are really good defensively, but the Chargers they always get in these weird back and forth games. Well, then they're scored a couple touchdowns late or, or early or whatever. I don't know. That's a that's here, a weird number. Here would my here's my first thoughts because I haven't thought about it much. I would go Jets and the under, but one thing could blow this thing up. Yeah, right. The Chargers quarterback that's right. because he he can get hot. He's, oh yeah, he's sort of up and down like their team, right? Yep. And and he could he could uh, score thirty four points tonight. That would be the one thing that would blow that thought up. Otherwise, I think the Jets, their defense, the new Meadowlands Monday night at home. The uh, the Chargers do have some injuries. Uh, they have a couple of receivers out. Austin Eckler's been in and out. Their offensive line has been eh, all right. So they're not, and they're not going to be able to run the ball against the Jets because nobody can run the ball against the Jets. So it all comes down to Herbert and how does he operate. I'm with you. Jets in the under. Take it to the bank. <laughs> we'll be back at with you tomorrow. We're doing all things uh, high school football playoffs tomorrow. And uh, we'll also have some fun. We appreciate you for tuning in. Uh, love the way that this continues to grow. Love hearing from all of you guys. And uh, this is one of my favorite days every week on Monday. So we appreciate everybody for tuning in. If you missed anything in the show, again, you can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, and the MSU Bookstore. We'll see you tomorrow. You want us now? ESPN Radio. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. That's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure – 
Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.